Warning, this podcast contains adult language, mature situations, depraved acts of a sexual nature, terrorist plots, psychological discourse, contemplative debates, and sociological examinations of the people around you. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to a very special episode of the Spark and Mong Review. This is your Hosan saying hello, konnichiwa, buongiorno, hola, and hi there. Yes, we're in for a very special episode of the Spark and Mong Review. But first off, for those who are joining us for the first time, Spark and Society that provides information and views about connecting enhanced narratives. Pretty much what we do is every episode we talk about one to two mangas, depending on the situation, or if I have a co-host. And I'll tell you a little bit about it, how the art is, how the style is, how the writers are generally how it feels reading it and if it's even worth checking out now you don't have to agree with anything i've said or any statements made by me or my co-host but i've heard we're a little entertaining we're free and you don't have to agree with anything we say if you have any statements comments concerns you can email us at spirekin at gmail.com or you can email me at zan at spirekin.com any of our earlier episodes are at www.spirekin.com or fightbait.com if you want to check out fightbait's website And we're on Twitter, Facebook, and all those other lovely social mediums. You can check us out. All the information on our show notes for the episode. And with that in mind, let's get into a very special episode because we're up to 139, almost 140. And we're almost there to that point. Well, soon I'm going to be turning 30 years old. Yes, I'm becoming what some people may say, an old man. I'm hitting the big 3-0. I'm turning into what Daryl Stratt says is the otaku expiration date when... I will die and be reborn as a completely different person, but that's for another day. It's for another episode, maybe next episode, because we might be skipping next week because it is Thanksgiving, but we'll see what happens. Now, this episode's going to be a little bit different than usual because generally I rant and rave and go on all these interesting tangents about 
various things before getting into the manga review itself, and then I go into a very formulaic and different style of review. However, with the subject matter at hand, which is a very intriguing manga, which is from Vertical Inc., I thought I'd do something a little bit different. And you're probably wondering, wait, what does he mean different? Well, what I've done is I've actually formatted it a little bit differently, and I've written something, and I'm going to just read it for you, and that's actually going to be my review for the manga in question, which if you remember from the last episode, I spun it. And I'd like you guys to tell me what you think about it, if you'd like me to keep doing reviews like this, or if you'd rather me just going back to the old format, which is just me going in a formulaic way and going from point A to point B at the end. Because I just thought it'd be a little bit different, because one, I don't have a co-host, so I don't have to banter back and forth, but two, it gets my feelings about the mangas in question more generalized and more thought out, as opposed to me doing it on the fly and me wondering what the heck I'm saying. Let me know what you think, and we'll see what happens. So we should get on with it, I think. Don't you agree? Yeah, I think so. So, with that in mind, if you remember from the last episode of the Sparkin Manga Review, I spun the real manga and dictated to me that I'd be viewing a recent release by Vertical Inc. And what are we talking about? We're talking about No Longer Human by Kusamaru Furuya and based on the novel by Osamu Desai. I've lived a life full of shame. With these words, we are immersed into a world that is cold, distorted, uncomfortable, and confusing. The world of Yozo Oba. From the outsider's perspective, Yozo is either the class clown with a carefree attitude, the common collected art student, the oddly forthcoming patron of a brothel, or the recent addition to a political movement. Beneath these masks lies an individual with a keen mind, an uncanny ability to blend in with any social circle and a complete social detachment from the rest of the human race bordering on antisocial personality disorder. Originally written in 1948 by Osamu Desai as a semi-autobiographical narrative of dissociation with the people around him, Ningen Shikaku, no longer human, has become one of the best-selling novels in Japan since post-war Japan started. It has been reimagined several times in several different mediums, from anime to live-action films, mangas, and various other outlets and mediums. Each version takes the story created by Desai and creates an interpretation both honoring the original work and modifying it slightly. The original story was broken down into four parts, or three memorandums, each chronicling the life of the main character, Yozo Obai, from his early childhood to his late 20s. Each memorandum follows specific events, shaping the sociopathic and self-destructive band that Yozo becomes. Usamaru Furuya's 2009 adaptation that was recently licensed and released by Vertical Inc. starts off with Yozo as a 17-year-old student who plays the role of the fool in public while scrutinizing his peers and trying to associate with the people around him. He truly doesn't understand how other people think or feel, so he hides himself in this role he made of the class clown. In contrast, in his after-school art school, he can act aloof and confused and still be considered normal among his fellow peers. However, this too is a mask, hiding his unease to the world. His only outlet being frequenting brothels and bouncing around from woman and woman, being able to act like himself and not be concerned with outsider opinions. But when he's confronted with someone who's generally interested with him, Yozo cuts ties and fears of the ordinary. This life eventually leads to an immediate decline in his lifestyle, disownment from his family, and eventual homelessness. Throughout No Longer Human, you can see how manipulative Yozo can be, using people for emotional, financial, and physical needs, while obeying them at the slightest hint of inconvenience in himself. 
At the finale of this first volume, we truly see the depths and true level of detachment that Yozo has for those around him. As these events occur, Furuya's artwork only enhances the sense of otherworldliness of Yozo's mind and the starkness of the world as he perceives it. When in the regular world, we're treated to this realistic, tastefully done style that is very different to your average manga that's out there. Unlike with Italia's chibi forms or Dragon Ball Z's very shonen-esque main characters with huge muscles, the characters here are drawn very realistically, simple proportions, and almost look art bookish. However, conversely, when we are seeing the inner workings of Yozo's mind and the feelings going through him, the artwork changes to this almost nightmarish and bizarre style, which only makes the reader feel what Yozo's having to feel. From blurred faces in a dark and scary crowd, images of what he could assume is his father figure, images of just past times happening, these images are truly memorable and shocking. The most shocking of these is a reused image of a broken puppet being pulled by a mysterious puppeteer, showing the feeling of lack of control in his life that Yozo Obo has for himself. Now, the translation done by Virgil Link is really well done. It gives a very sophisticated feel to this manga, unlike with something that, say, Viz, Tokyo Pop, or Kodansha would release. The original story is kept intact, and the overall message still comes through with no assistance needed. There are some changes from the original novel. Don't get me wrong, but it's still a very well-done translation. It comes across fluid, and there are no spelling errors, which is always good. Now, the changes that Faria made to the story are simple. The first one is, he starts off in medias res, meaning it's in the middle of the story. He completely ignores the first section of the book, which deals with Yozo's childhood and when he was young, to focus more on him as an adolescent and a young adult going into all the problems that are happening. Now, we have no idea what caused Yozo's emotional problems at that point in the book. I mean, we're still treated to excerpts from the first section of flashbacks, but overall it's left out and it leaves the reader with a sense of confusion, just like the confusion that Yozo has for the situation around him. And we're, we have this voyeuristic image of watching this individual destroy his life with no rhyme or reason as to how he got to this point, save the few glimpses into the past we had earlier. And this enhances the story to make it a little more, I don't want to say it's streamlined, but it gives it more of a paranoid and dissociated feel to it, which I really like going into it. Now, the other major change is that he modernized the story, because the original story took place in 1948 and the current one takes place in current day Japan. The changes overall are there, but they're on the surface only. The core story is still intact, and the addition of cell phones, laptops, and various others only strengthens the appeal to modern audiences without distilling the basic premise of a character who is wondering what it is to be a human and why does the ordinary scare me. Now, after reading this first volume, there are many emotions that ran through me, from pathos, sympathy, confusion, and a feeling of an ease as to what I just read. If you're willing to invest the time to read this, I guarantee you'll be moved one way or the other. You'll be in love with this book, or you'll be sickened by it. You'll think it's brilliant, or you'll think it's complete and utter trash. But you will get a reaction for it. This isn't a book which is going to leave you feeling depressed about it. It'll give you a visceral reaction, which is good. Now, Vertical Ink 
has given us another answer. This gives us proof that manga is an art form that can be for any audience. Now, while not appropriate for anyone under the age of 18, the power of Desai's work is channeled through Furia's adaption to create something universally understood by anyone at an unconscious level. Everyone feels detached at times. But have we ever felt detached enough to think we lived a life of shame? I leave it to you to decide. Now, overall, I have to say that this manga is very well presented and it comes across very well. But some of the scenes are shocking and if you have a weak stomach or you don't appreciate certain aspects of life or you want to keep yourself living with rose-colored glasses, stay away from this. This is a very realistic and a little cruel. So, for those who don't know, we have a five-point rating system, our lowest being take two priests, purify it, and burn it, to our highest being really, really, really fucking cool. Now, after reading this, I have to give this our highest rating, really, really, really fucking cool, because it is a brilliant work. It's just, it's very well done, it's artistic, and Furia's art style just enhances it to what it can be. Now, I hope you enjoyed the way we had done the review, it's a little different, but I thought it could be a little bit more serious and a little more relaxed. Tell me what you think thought about it at www.spirekin.com. Leave a comment. Or you can email us at spirekin at gmail.com or me at zan at spirekin.com. That's X-A-N, not Z-A-N. Tell me what you think. I really hope you enjoyed it. And, well, that's a part of what I'm waiting for. What are you talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only. The Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, exceptional substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. And what we've done is we've assigned 10 manga to the Wheel of Manga. What we're going to do is we're going to spin the Wheel of Manga. Whenever number lands, and that's what we're reviewing in the next episode of the Sparkin Manga Review. And we got some good titles. That's episode 140, so let's spin into your review in the next episode. Number 8. So, in the next episode of the Sparkin Manga, we are going to be reviewing Densha Odaka, the story of a man who got advice from the internet and he gets the girl. Pretty cool, huh? So, guess that's it for this episode, remember? We have several episodes at www.diasparker.com. We hope you enjoy this episode. And as usual, I'm your host, Zahn. Thanks for listening. We are Gonsville. Catch you later. <laughs>